folks, episode 26 of On The Mark is being brought to you by Yingling Traditional Lager, America's oldest operating brewing company, established in 1829. With the Super Bowl right around the corner, folks, and the Eagles in the big game, no better way to celebrate than with some cold Yinglings, with family, friends taking in the game, the sights and the sounds. Yingling Traditional Lager from Pottsville, PA. DG Yingling and Son, America's oldest brewery. On episode 26 of On the Mark, the Super Bowl Grandioso Show, we have special guest Ed Barkowitz from the Daily News, a Daily News legend in our eyes, and Super Bowl hero, two-time Super Bowl champion, Rose Bowl champion, and NFL veteran, the legendary Rod Martin. We'll also be discussing other hot topics around the Super Bowl and anything else we see fit on this grandioso edition of On The Mark. <whistles> Benny, kick this thing off right. All aboard the cannoli mobile. Patrick Robinson looks for a block. Now he's at the 20, he's at the 15, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Patrick Robinson! VIP listeners, welcome back. You are now on the mark. I missed you guys when I was out in Vegas. I know the city is riding high right now with the Eagles overcoming the odds and punching their ticket to Minnesota to play in the Super Bowl against the feared New England Patriots. Uh, Very exciting for the city. This is good all the way around. I'm thrilled, and, uh, you know, I'm not even an Eagles fan, Benny, and I know you're feeling the same way. Yeah, I'm not an Eagles fan either, Marky, but I'll tell you what, I was one of the biggest Eagles fans this past weekend because I had a ton of money on those birds. I love them to roll, and uh, it actually was even crazier than I even thought it could get. Yeah, they uh, they rolled them. That's uh, the best way to say it. I don't think anybody's expecting them to do that to the Patriots, but they certainly got a shot. They, I'm not counting them out. They absolutely have a shot. I'm not necessarily picking them, but I'll tell you what. I have money on the birds from back in the season. I got money on the Patriots from back in the season. So either way, it's a pretty paid day for me. They've embraced this underdog role, so uh, the city's behind them, and we're going to see where uh, what it leads to. And what better city to embrace this underdog role? The Rocky theme, it just made perfect sense for them to dominate with yeah. getting no respect. The national media is having a field day with that Rocky correlation, that Rocky theme. You're right. The Eagles have never won the Super Bowl. I'm going to tell you a little story. I was sitting in Baldwin's Bar with our good friends Spats and Chris, the Jay and Silent Bob of South Philly, and when Wentz went down in L.A., when Wentz got whacked, I said to them, I looked over to them, I said, what better way, okay, the same city that offered up the football story, Invincible. What more poetic, fairy tale way to win your first Super Bowl than with a backup quarterback against the greatest coach and quarterback of all time in the Super Bowl? What better way to get the first one? 
it would be perfectly fitting for them. And it's almost something that makes you think that's why it didn't work out in the Reed era. They weren't this underdog. They were the favorites. Yeah. It, it just isn't going to work out for Philly like that. Those Andy and, and former players are coming forward and saying it now. Uh, those Andy Reid teams really didn't have great chemistry. I think that was kind of evident, man, because teams with great chemistry don't lose the type of games that those teams lost. You know, nobody thought the Eagles were going to beat the Falcons, and really nobody thought the Eagles were going to uh, beat the Vikings. I mean, you know, they were toss. It was looked at as a toss-up, and they made it happen convincingly. You yeah. got to give credit to them. You got to yeah. give credit. The only two cities in America. I think that thought the Eagles were going to win was Philadelphia and Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Everywhere else People loved did well in Atlanta. Vegas. Everywhere else loved Minnesota. And when I was out in Vegas, it was kind of cool, man. There was a ton of Eagles fans out there. There was actually a ton of Jags fans, too. But uh, the Eagles fans were very present in Vegas. I couldn't be any happier for the city, market. And I got to say this, and this leads me to a very interesting point. I believe the best Eagles fans we have are located right here in South Philly. I feel like they're the most realistic fans, the most level-headed fans. It's these maniacs that come from out of town, from all over the place, that are like trying to make an impression and prove their worth as a fan, and they act like absolute lunatics, not in a good way, no. in a corny way. Uh, they are the worst, and they're the ones giving a lot of the Eagles fan base a bad name. Yeah, there are some absolutely great Eagles fans. A lot of them are great Eagles fans. And like you said, a lot of them come from South Philadelphia because they embody the team. They embody the organization. They don't want to embarrass it in any way. And here's the thing. They know whether the Eagles win or lose, they still got to get up for work the next day. Sure. Okay? They're, they're not looking to break storefront windows. No. You know, like uh, the college kids do when the Phillies won back in uh, 08, breaking windows on Broad Street. You know, that's a disgrace. Despicable. And last night, the city celebrated hard. There wasn't one arrest. I didn't see much goofy shit other than, uh, you know, the guy chasing down the subway and yeah. getting uh, leveled by a pole that he didn't see coming. Hilarious. And that that's all harmless fun. Hopefully that guy's okay might uh, have immediate CTE. He had a lot of padding. He but... did. He was well-layered on yeah. the jersey. Uh, Fat. But no, th that's a hot take for you. The best Eagles fans are from South Philly. Totally Because they're, they're realists. They're not over the top. They like the team. They know about the team, the history. But they don't go around acting like clowns. No. And I, I had an experience yesterday at uh, my buddy's tailgate. I had a nice Eagles bucket hat on. Kelly Green, the old helmet on the bucket hat, the old Kelly Green logo. I was, you know, joining the, the spirit, the morale of the city, getting behind the Eagles. My team's eliminated. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. You know, it's good for business. It's good for our show. Like I keep saying, great for the city. A lot of friends root for the Eagles. And, you know, and, and my friends root for the Raiders with me. Sure. So why the hell wouldn't I root for the Eagles with them? Agreed. You know, and not to mention, I like this Eagle team. I love this Eagle team. You know, team. they have a lot of players that intrigue me, that I've always liked from afar. So anywho, you know, I'm on the bandwagon. Why not? And this asshole shoves me out of the way and says, excuse me. So, you know, of course you say excuse me. But you don't pair it with a, like, a hard shove nudge. Yeah. So I say, you know... 
I say, yeah, no problem. You don't have to push me, though. Then this guy's Ben. He's a bigger guy. He's like 6'3". You know. Large fella. Large fella. Uh, heavy set. Not fat, but, you know. And... Could be muscle, could be fat. You're not sure. Yeah, layered, like the guy who got hit on the uh, subway. Uh, but anywho, he really starts fucking mouthing off. And I start mouthing off back because I'm not going to be totally disrespected like that. For sure. Uh, and he just wouldn't quit. He wouldn't let it go. Yeah, you understand? They yeah, they don't. They don't want to let it go. He goes, this is my truck right here. Hey, this is my truck. Okay. I go, congratulations. What the fuck am I it's supposed to say? It's a beautiful yeah. truck. It's this big white box van. Box <laughs> I said, congratulations. And I think because he lost the verbal, he wanted to go physical. Sure. Got agitated. So, you know, the on-the-mark security team stepped in, headed up by uh, Franco Chima and uh, Nunzio. God. Some Thank great God. guys. They stepped right in. They intervened. Saved your ass. They uh, <laughs> they saw this, this dude wasn't dropping it, and... If hearing that isn't enough, if this doesn't say it all right here, he was wearing a John Dornbos jersey. Who wears a long snappers jersey? And I know John's a great guy. I know John. I've met great guy, yeah. magician, class act, uh, just had a terrible health scare, yep. and he made it out. But you don't wear a long snappers jersey who's not even on the team anymore. Yeah, kind of a bogus jersey. I mean, this clown. To a playoff game. To a playoff game, nonetheless. A conference championship to game. a tailgate that you're apparently spearheading. Sure. Not the one I was at. He was at the tailgate next to the one I was at. Yeah. You know, so I was hitting. I was calling him Dornbos during the altercation. Good. He didn't like that, and uh, yeah, he wanted to get physical. One of his friends comes over, and the friend gave me a look like, "What's going on?" Almost like, yeah, he kind of does this all the time. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I was trying to tell him, just drop it. Let's get on with the day. It's not worth it. Uh -huh. And, like, the friend gave me a nod, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're probably right. Like, this is his normal act. And uh, the friend kind of ushered him off, and that was the end of it. Sure. Very ironic that the tough guy is wearing a long snapper's jersey. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. outrageous. The tough like, guy out there. Yeah. I mean, wear, wear like a middle linebacker's jersey or yeah. a Dawkins jersey. I was going to say a Jeremiah <laughs> Trotter. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, that would be a little more respectable. The guy was it was a doofus to me. Sure. He he, he came across as a, as a total turd to me. And uh, I think most people realize that. But you get so, that. That goes back to my point. You get that at these Eagles games. It's unavoidable sometimes. Absolutely. Listen, I went to a preseason Colts-Eagles game a couple years ago. Wore a Johnny Unitas jersey. Really? And got in altercations and people tried to fight me. That's insane. A preseason game i'm not even a colts fan that's insane i would tell them that and then they'd still try and fight me wow people called me crazy i said it's a johnny unitas jersey yeah nobody saw him play in a preseason game i'm sure the people that were razzing you weren't old enough to ever watch him play live yeah because if they did they would have respected the hell out of it yeah he's absolutely a mount rushmore nfl guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have a Johnny Unitas jersey. How often are you going to have the chance who, to wear whoever that? whoever sees that? Like, that's actually like a, a very I, cool I, I jersey. I would compliment somebody wearing that. You should. You know? Yeah. Regardless, asshole fans, nice fans, Eagles fans, I'm happy for you. I'm behind you. I'm pulling for you. It would be a, a really cool Super Bowl upset. It's cool they get the rematch, uh, what, 13 years later now. Yeah. You know, that that's, that's cool in itself. 
It's going to get wild, man. It's it's going to be a scene. I fully expect Eagles fans to take over Minnesota. Um, I know Patriots fans do travel well, but uh, they're there so damn often. And uh, I know how thirsty and desperate Eagles fans are for their first ring. And I think they there's a vibe that this is a team of destiny. And I think there's going to be a ton of Eagles fans out in Minnesota for this Super Bowl. There's definitely a vibe to this team, man, and the Eagles fans are absolutely going to back them. They're going to go hard, spend whatever it takes to get to Minnesota, get in that stadium. I think that they're willing to outspend Patriots fans, and I think you're right. It's going to be at least 60-40 Eagles fans, if not more. Uh, Yeah, I I would put it at 60-40, too. Uh, My uh, friend of the show, Paulie Van Derzy, texted me last night, made a great point. He said, man, has a team ever won their championship game by 30-some-odd points and come out and been six-point dogs for the Super Bowl? Shit. No way. And not to mention, the Eagles have only given up 17 points in the playoffs. And the Falcons are a damn good offense. Yeah. And they held them to 10. And, uh, you know, the Vikings were moving the ball with what they had going on, with what they were trying to do. They were putting up points, and shit, they scored seven. You know, it's impressive. The Eagles' defense is getting after it. Not to mention scoring. The pick six, that was the turning point in the game. Yeah, that link was a huge X factor for these Eagles. It was. That place was rocking last night. I don't know if there was an atmosphere more wild and reckless in all of sports ever. It it was a great scene. And, you know, the link doesn't hold the noise well like the vet did. The link doesn't shake like the vet did. Yeah. And there's other stadiums to this day that hold noise much better than the link. And that place was through the roof last night. I thought the seasonably warm weather helped the fans and the team. It was uh, it was special, man. It was, it was a hell of a scene. The NFC Championship game was one of the best scenes in Philadelphia sports history. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I said, I don't think another stadium on a given night could have compared to that NFC Championship Yeah, that, game. that was a hell of a scene. And man, it's when I, unbelievable how loud they got. When I was heading back to the castle on the hill, Broad Street was mobbed, fireworks going off, people climbing up these all pre-greased light poles, getting up there anyway. I think the greased encouraged people to try it and did. get it up the It was a challenge. Yeah. It was a challenge. They it, were chanting, fuck the grease. And uh, the uh, Eagles fans answered the call. And... Uh, Man, beer cans, beer bottles everywhere. But it was a good scene. Like I said, hey, no arrests. Yeah. There there was I haven't seen like footage of massive fighting no, no, or no. cars flipping or burning. You know, Philly gets a bad rap. Newsflash, folks. Philly is not that bad of a sports town. No, there are I mean, a lot of there, worse fans out there. There are. There's a lot of more vicious fan bases. Absolutely. And uh, you know, the Minnesota news prior to this game was talking about there's going to be gangs outside the stadium. Talk about fake news, man. Seriously, there was only gang green, man. Yeah, talk about fake news. I mean, not for nothing. There was a Viking fan or two at the tailgate we were at. Sure. And nobody bothered them. You know, if anything, they were booing and laughing. I actually was joking online pregame when uh, those Vikings fans made their way out to the Rocky Steps and the Rocky stadium, yeah, the statue. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they uh, covered the statue in right, Vikings right. gear. I was joking that they were going to have Vikings fans hanging from the bend pre-kick. Right, right. About four or six of them just swaying there. You know what I compare that to? Because they showed like a panoramic view of that, and it was only like uh, 30 Vikings fans. Yeah. But the, when they took the up-close shot, it looked like it they were covered. massive. There. So you know what I compare that to? 
when CNN put up the pictures of Obama's inauguration and yeah. Trump's inauguration, yeah, 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 yeah. how they gave different angles to make Absolutely. things look uh, swayed. Perception is reality. Yeah, man. it's, it's fun. Fake news is very real, gang. And coming up shortly, we will have Ed Barkowitz on to get his take. He was at the game last night. He's very in tune with this Eagles team. We'll get a Super Bowl prediction from him, and uh, we'll talk all things Philly with Ed when we're uh, back on the mark. Who let the dogs out? Wants to take a ride on the cannoli mobile. <laughs> you get the gut filling on here. <laughs> and now my Mount Rushmore of Super Bowl snacks, number five, grilled chicken wings. Like to keep it healthy, Ben. Like to add the hot sauce at my own discretion. Grilled, healthy, tasty, crispy. Can't beat it. Number four. Sour cream and onion dip, big fan. Can use it with pretzels, potato chips, vegetables. Very big fan of that. It's a classic, but I feel like people are getting away from it because they want to go hummus, they want to go guacamole. You know, these millennials, man, they're ruining everything. They're soft. They're soft. No grit. They never developed any grit. They don't know what pain feels like. Number three, pan-roasted Brussels sprouts. They're good, man. Hey, man, come on with that soy sauce. Mm. Oh, my God. A little sesame ginger glaze. Oh, man. Now, I just came down on people for not developing enough grit, but guess what? You have to have some grit to eat Brussels sprouts because a lot of people don't like Brussels sprouts. You got to have the knowledge to properly, you know, prepare them to get that tasty thing going on. I love that burnt, charred taste on the Brussels sprout. They got to be cooked right. They got to be done right. They have to be done right or it's tough eating. Number two, a homemade pizza. I'll tell you why. It becomes like a little bit of an activity. Kind of decide on some toppings, kind of challenge yourself. And a homemade pizza has a unique thing to it. You know, because you're putting it, you're not, it's not being made in a pizza oven. It's being made in your, uh, well, they have these toaster ovens now too that make this slice. I don't know if you've seen them. I have. But you know, you're making them in your kitchen oven. You decide what toppings. It might be horrible, but it's like, hey, fuck it, I made a pizza. That's and, cool, I made a pizza. And what I like is you can have new pizzas coming throughout the thing instead yes. of ordering a bunch of pizzas to sit around for a few hours. You don't have to worry about the outlandish Super Bowl Sunday wait time either. Yes. So that's another plus. Now, the number one Super Bowl snack. The number one Super Bowl snack for me, and I know Benny agrees, Lollipop lamb chops. Mm. Man, are they tasty. So good. So good. I could eat about a thousand of them. I was going to say, I just rip it right into it. Oh, my God. And that's another one, you know, you prepare it, you get the seasoned how you want it, and uh, that's some fun eating right there. Oh, yeah. I like a little bit of honey to dip it in. Yeah, people do that. Rosemary garlic. Mm. Some people like to go a, a spicier route. Some people go a more plain route. Yeah, you're making can't, me hungry now. Can't fault you. So there it is, VIP listeners. Maybe add one of those things or two of those things to your Super Bowl menu. I already asked uh, dear friend Franco Chima of the show to put out a nice Super Bowl spread for me. Franco built a uh, glorious man cave in his basement where I'm uh, hopefully watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl at this year. Sounds fantastic. I like going to other, other people's homes, having them put out a spread. 
I do too. I'll bring some beer, wine, whatever they need. I'll bring something. I'll contribute. Sometimes I go a little too crazy. There was this one year I wanted to make fried raviolis. I spent about $90 to make fried raviolis. Oh, you made like a homemade. Homemade you fried raviolis. That's interesting. I know a lot of people are making the homemade deep fried Oreos. Yeah, those are great. How yeah. could you go wrong? That's actually a cool Super Bowl snack. Regardless, Super Bowl Sunday's all about family, friends, eating, drinking, and uh, this year, hopefully bringing that first Lombardi trophy back to South Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, do not walk away from the halftime show. Justin Timberlake is back. You never know when a titty might pop out. Uh, we could be seeing titties. We can be uh, seeing an in-sync reunion. Yeah. Does he bring out all the boy bands? Does he bring out 98 Degrees, the Backstreet Boys, the Blackstreet Boys? Uh, what were some of those other boy bands? Maybe get Jagged Edge out there. O-Town. O-Town out there. Why don't we just bring the boy band revolution back? New kids on the block. Sure. There's a Patriots New England tie there, Boston. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, Marky Mark. Wouldn't mind seeing Marky Mark out there. I'm a big Wahlberg guy. The whole family. Good people. Benny, why don't you go ahead and patch Ed in for me now? Ed, how are you? Yo, what's up, Mark? Hey, man, did you enjoy the game last night? Uh, it was intense, yeah. It, it was intense. It really was. I mean, that was one of the best uh, scenes I've seen at the link maybe ever. I mean, that's up there in Philadelphia sports history at this point. I, I agree. I agree. I, I can't imagine what the 60 title game was like, but it couldn't have topped that. I know, I know. And you know what I give some of that credit to? Seasonably warm weather for the most part. It really, was kind of nice out. Oh, yeah, it really was. You know? As bad as it's been, yeah. Exactly, compared to that polar vor- vortex we were going through. We'll start off then with uh, last night. If you have any takeaways from last night, uh, and, uh, you know, did you do anything after the game, or uh, did you call it a night and get to work? Hey. Yeah, you know what? From as it relates to last night, it was it was one of those things. It was so unPhiladelphia like, in that the Eagles kind of got smacked early. You know, Minnesota had that good drive, and the Eagles stalled, and you know they were on their heels a little bit. And then Patrick Robinson makes that play, and the whole feel of the game just changed. You know, it, I, I think it was Buddy Ryan who said we're one of the, one of the defensive guru guys who said, you know. I, a game can change on a big hit, you know, it just gets everybody going. And sure. that Robinson, that Robinson play, that was, that was, that was electric. And then Darby with the block at like the 10 yard line where he kind of got smoked, but he got up to celebrate. It was just, it was something that, that, you know, not to have a complex, but that kind of play doesn't happen in Philadelphia for Philadelphia. It happens to Philadelphia. Right, right. And when Rudolph scored that first touchdown for Minnesota and they went up 7 nothing, there was a little bit of a here-we-go-again feeling. Absolutely, because they had driven kind of they, – they drove right down the field. They mixed in the pass and the run, they, and, and Rudolph got wide open on that play. I mean, you could see it from the press box. You know, the play developed, and it's like, oh, man, the yeah. only thing that has to happen is Rudolph to catch it. Exactly. You know, when they hosted the Bucks at the Vet in that NFC Championship game, the Eagles were the team that came out hot with the big kick exactly. return and then Deuce yep. Stale. But, you know, 
after that series for the Vikings, everything seemed to go the Eagles' way. That was truly, you know, I'm not trying to overstate this, that was truly a, a magical night in Philadelphia sports history. Yeah, that was the opposite of, of the Joe Jurevicius play. Totally. Totally was. It was uh, it was special. And, uh, you know, Vegas has them as the underdogs again in the Super Bowl. I think they're going to compete. I, th- I just think they got a special chemistry, a special thing going on. Well, it's it's so much different than the other two Super Bowl runs, where, you know, in '80 they had they they had beaten the Cowboys the year before in '79 because they, they had never beaten Dallas and they beat them on the month. And then and then in '80 they had the better team and they hosted the uh, the NFC Championship and 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 the, the NFC Championship was like their their title. And then they obviously they got steamrolled by Oakland. Right. And then in 2004, having having knocked on the door so many times and and you know they win the NFC again without To and then. You know, what's T.O. going to bring, you know, come to the Super Bowl? And, you know, this is different. This is – this is I, – I, I'm having a hard time kind of correlating anything. I mean – I think know, maybe, the, I think this team fits the fabric of Philly more than any team the Eagles have ever put together, at least in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. In, I, in well, recent it, memory. As great as Donovan McNabb was for that franchise, he, he could never he was never relatable to the fans. The fans yeah, the, never embraced him. Major disconnect uh, I mean, there. You 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 know you, you you've been to the link. You walk through the link, and for every one Rand, uh, Donovan McNabb jersey, there's ten Randall Cunningham jerseys. There's I know. Ten Jaworski jerseys. Yeah. You know, and Wentz the way you know you know D one double A guy, and you know then he gets hurt and falls. You know and it's like you say, it's a team that, that, that the city can rally around because they're kind of like a lot like us, you know, they're, they're just kind of hardworking blue collar guys that after the game, you wouldn't mind having a beer with. Totally. And I think they were having beers and drinks and whatnot after the win last night. Uh, uh, somebody stole, somebody stole Brent Sellers beers. You know, <laughs> out of his locker. He, I, I, gave, one of the, one of the, uh, I guess one of the equipment guys hooked him up with a box of beers. And by the time he got, uh, done talking to the media, he looked down and all his beers were gone. Oh, uh, that's legendary. Maybe Lane Johnson took them because I, I saw one of his interviews after the game and he looked pretty tuned up. He's a character, that Lane Johnson. They just got so many relatable characters. Man, they're a really cool group of guys. We, we asked uh, Johnson, actually Jeff McClain uh, asked uh, Johnson about uh, a dog mask. Is he going to be bringing a dog mask to, uh, to Minneapolis? And, sure. And he said, no, nah. he said, I might bring a moose mask. You know, we're out there. <laughs> and uh, and, and elk, elk uh, antlers. colorful language in there, too. So. Yeah. No, I, I, I like him. He, he's an entertaining guy on and off the field. Now, Ed, I got a question for you. You know, last night, Broad Street got hit hard. Uh, up on Cotman in Northeast, they got hit hard. When did that tradition in Philly really start? of getting out on Broad Street or getting out on Cotman and uh, celebrating these big wins? I, I can't say with absolute certainty when it started, but what, what I remember as a kid, I mean, I was four and five years old when the Flyers won the Stanley Cups, that there was there was a lot of Broad Street presence. In fact, I had I was my uncle, my uncle John uh, Morrison, he took me up to Broad Street, I think. And I don't know, it, it must have been the second cup. Anyway, I remember seeing a streaker, and in the you know I guess that was a thing in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Even people and running so on I, the fields. It goes. It, my recollection is at least the mid seventies. Now there wasn't a lot of 
there wasn't a lot to celebrate around in Philadelphia from 60. Well, they, the Sixers won the title. So in 67, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good 50 years where that's, it's been, it's been such a tradition that they start putting Crisco on the pole. I know we were saying that was almost like a challenge to anybody who wanted to, uh, give it a shot. I mean, I saw people getting up there on the pictures of them on Broad and Shunk, Broad and Snyder. That's crazy, man. That's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully if they fall, they don't, they don't hurt anybody else. Exactly. And there were no arrests last night, which is a, a pretty, it's another, it was another upset. There were, there were a couple. There were a couple. Oh, there were. Wow. Yeah, okay. guy, uh, some guy got drunk and like got into a scuffle with one of the police, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, mounted police. Oh yeah, God. Was, I thought today that there were half a dozen arrests, but that's, you get a bunch of morons. Yeah. You get a bunch sure. of people. Want to scrape the bottom of the barrel and get some that just crossed the line. Of course, especially when all that alcohol's involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Six thirty start. Like you said, nice weather. Exactly. Oh no, no, I think I think the city should be proud for the way that they reacted to it. Uh, yeah, no, I to I totally agree. Now, Ed, you're a neighborhood guy. You're out and about. I love when you come stop in the bar and see me. We have great conversations. What uh, what what are your favorite places to drink in South Philly? <laughs> well, my hang is the Shamrock. Uh, at, okay. At yeah, I, I, I know a lot of the guys up there. Um, you know, it's just it's just a good neighborhood corner bar type of place. That's that's my spot. And then there's you know then there, there's the others up and down Second Street, but but the Shamrock's my hang. Uh, that's your uh, go to. What's that? Yeah, that's, that's your go to spot. What about was, what what about restaurants, Ed? Uh, Valentino's at Third uh, and Wharton at. Um, like it's more immense than Morton, but but easiest thing for people who don't know the neighborhood, Third right, Morton, right, uh, right in the shadow of um, the Mummers Museum. Mm -hmm. uh, the boys over there take good care of me. It's a BYOB. Uh, food's real good. Um, you know that that that's my spot. There's a Cucina Forte. Right, wow. I'm a big fan. I get the uh, clams and spaghetti there. Very big oh, fan. Yeah? Very right, big cool. fan of Cucina yeah. Forte. Yeah, I get the gnocchis there, and uh, that's and a cozy have... spot, Ed. Yeah, and that's also a BYOB. Yes, yeah. So you're a BYOB guy when it comes to restaurants. Oh uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just because you know, I mean, it cuts the it cuts the bill in half. For of that course. Thing, you know? <laughs> and that's you know, that's, so that, I, you know, if you can get you another plate of yuckies without having to, uh, you know, spend you know fifty dollars in wine, that's okay too. I'm I'm with you, so. man. I'm totally <laughs> with you. Now. Uh, I got to talk a little journalism with you, of course, Daily News guy. Um, the state of journalism today, you know, it, it, is it fleeting? How, how do you see it transitioning? How do you see it surviving? Yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's somewhat ugly in, in some cases because there's so much out there uh, as far as information, websites, blogs, podcasts. And there, there's so much, and, and a lot of it is really good. But some of it is not. Some of it is reckless. Some of it is irresponsible. Fake news. And yeah, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. Where, like, yeah, I, I mean, and that unfortunately, when you're dealing with, you know, in my case, you're dealing with athletes. They they have other things to worry about. They can't differentiate who's who's written what. Often, not 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 blanket, but they often can't differentiate who's written what and who's not. And therefore, there's just a general apprehension sometimes with dealing with the media, unless you've you've gotten to know the guys. So that's to me one of the one of the unfortunate uh, offshoots of, of of the explosion of of the internet and the social media is that 
it's kind of point. It's kind of made the guys apprehensive, the uh, the athletes, on on who they deal with and and you know and how they deal with them. Frankly, sure. So th- basically, the better relationship you have with the athlete, the the better, uh, more natural answers you you can get from them. Right, right, and you know they you know and there's it's just they're they're just guys. They just you know they happen sure. to hit a baseball five hundred feet or they you know throw one you know hundred miles an hour or you know hit, shoot a hockey puck one hundred ten miles an hour. Right. They're, but they're just guys. And yeah. Just- I mean, and they're they're kids, really. Yeah. A yeah, lot I mean, of them, you know. One of my favorite things with this whole Eagles run is Brent Selleck. I, I mean, you know, he was dra- You know, he came here in 2007, and you know, yeah, you know, he was really good. He was a good receiving tight end. You know, they just, I guess, uh, L.J. Smith kind of had faded, faded sure. out, and you know, and Selleck's the young guy in the locker room. They go to the OA championship, and you know, and then you know. After that, he's just kind of been like a hardworking leader type guy, quiet guy. You know, now, now he's now he's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you know, in talking to him, the little that I talked to him, I haven't been down there as much as the beat writers for sure. Um, but you know, the, in dealing with him over the years, you just you feel good for a guy like that. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and it's okay to it's okay. I don't necessarily root for the teams, uh, just because I you know I don't want to be in bed with them. I have to be objective. And, right. Yeah. You know, way it is but I, I do root for the guys sometimes sure and you know just like a testament to a guy like Brent Selleck surviving all those coaching changes you know yeah. so he's, he's a lunch pail kind of guy he, he's carved that he carved out a nice career for himself he really did and Zach, yeah and Zach Ertz was saying you know was and he see and he was genuine I have no reason to doubt him with this he was saying that how much Selleck kind of brought him in took him under his wing now that's not an easy thing to do for a guy who's basically being groomed to take your job. Right, right. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you know, these guys have a, have a very finite amount of time to make the money they do and not get themselves killed, for God's sakes, in that sport. Right. And you look but, no, no further than yeah. the Tom Brady-Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo incident right. from the Seth Wickersham article where he, right. you know, kind of said that uh, how relieved Brady was once Garoppolo got dealt. <laughs> I and I, I, I gotta tell you, I see both sides of the coin. I, can, I, I do can too. Both both ways. I mean, you know, how would I react if you know if we hired a kid and, and they said, "All right, go train him," and then in five years you're gonna have to go look for a job? I'm, I don't know if I'd be down with that. Yeah, I know, I know, and I never resented like Brett Favre for having that same outlook. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if that's true about Brady, I, 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 I understand it. <laughs> you know, like like you said, you only have so much time to carve out your legacy, make your money. These are competitive guys. That's why they're at the level they're at. So you think that, yeah. uh, you know, th- that competitive yeah. edge isn't just going to randomly dissolve. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? I got to say, though, uh, super excited for the Eagles, super excited for this city. Uh, looking forward, maybe uh, when we get closer to the big game, we'll talk. You, maybe you give me your prediction. Uh, right, yeah. now, uh, right now, I'm thinking... Pats twenty seven, Eagles twenty four. I'm just spitballing though. We gotta get right. cl- we gotta get closer to game time. It's all right. And all right. It, it, all right. isn't it kind? Well, we'll but but I think the line just went up because you got the you got the Eagles covered. So <laughs> now Ed, also isn't it kind of neat that they get the Eagles get this rematch? What thirteen years later? I kind of find that as a nice storyline going into the game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know it. And the, the guys were saying it last night. You know, you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. And, and you know, there there would be, you know, if they do win the Super Bowl, you know, having to go through New England is 
you know, would make it a lot more satisfying. Is it a Hollywood um, script? Is it a movie script? Is it our next Invincible movie? I mean, the backup quarterback, your star goes down in L.A. under the bright lights, you know? Dramatic yeah. stuff, man. And, and this is real, unlike Rocky and all the other things. <laughs> right, correct, correct. Uh, by the way, Ed, remember when you wished me luck in Vegas? Yes. Uh, I think uh, you gave me some good juju there, man. Had a hell of a time out in Vegas. You know, that's like my favorite city. So this trip certainly didn't change that belief. What What, what was the highlight? Uh, the highlight for me was uh, when I was uh, in that sports book on uh, during that Eagles game, you know, the Eagles outright. And that was what, the, the what, place what, was uh, packed what, with Eagles fans. Yeah. What book were you at? Uh, the MGM. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know, and it, it's kind of cozy there. It's not as big as, like, the uh, Bellagio sports book and all. But, you know, it's just a nice setup, and it was packed, and people were intense, man. It was nuts. And, uh, you know, anytime uh, you can win some money on a, a hometown team, you're not mad at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, I, I went down to uh, the club suite level uh, yesterday. I meet some people down there before the game. And, you know, everybody's kind of huddled around the, uh, the, you know, the Patriots and Jaguars. Sure. And every time that there was, you know, a fumble or, you know, whatever, a, a big, a first down big play, the, the crowd reacted and it had a Vegas vibe to it. Nice. You know, I like that. It, yeah, it really did. It was really cool. Um, How often you, are you out in Vegas, Ed? Uh, too often, if you ask my wife. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple times a year, you know. Sure. And you'll catch concerts out there and whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the some of the great times of my life uh, was uh, going to Eagles concerts. Right. Uh, um, at, at, I think it was at MGM too. Yeah, and uh, at their at their arena out there, and just you know, Vegas is. There are people who are who are a little nervous about Vegas, and I get that. Yeah. You know, it's it's not you're not going to be Nicholas Cage out there. You're not right, gonna, right, right. You know, you're not going <laughs> to die, and, and you don't have to sit at the blackjack table. The whole no, time. There's so many other things to do. It can even be a family vacation. I try to tell people that they they don't yeah. believe me. And yeah. what's your favorite Eagles song? Uh, you know, I, I I I'm big with "Take It to the Limit." Um, we were we were out the other night, and there was a street guy. Um. I guess like somewhere at 12th and Chestnut with a guitar, and he started playing "Take It to the Limit." And a few Holy of us went shit. over, and a few of us went over and helped him out with that. I know you love that. Wow, yeah. that's so, pretty yeah. cool right there. We were in Vegas, in fact, when um, when we got the news that Glenn Fry had passed away. And, you wow. know, we, we we knew that he was sick. Yeah. Or you know, I I, I kind of had an idea that he was sick, but I didn't realize he was that like that. Did you that know, put some... a little damper on your trip? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Because, sure. I mean, yeah. I, that's like, uh, you know, your, your favorite crew right there. And then, you know, Glenn passes. It, that stuff hits you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, know, you, you think about all the good times. You know, you ride the monorail. One, one of the things I remember about the, the Vegas thing is riding the monorail after the concert. You know, we act up a little bit out there. But no sure. harm. And, you know, we had everybody singing, you know, singing uh, Eagle songs in the monorail on the, on the ride back down to the strip. Right. Yeah, you know, like little things like that. It's, it's all about kind of, the little things, man. Those are the, yeah. the memories that stick with you. Those are the warm memories you carry. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I love stuff like I live I live for stuff like that. And you know, I got news for you, even like last night, walking back into my apartment because you know me, and I'm not an Eagles fan, but I I, I enjoy the this team, and you know, it, it's it's good for the city, as I as I say. But I'm walking into my apartment last night after having a great day with friends and family, and you know, people are going nuts on Broad Street, fireworks going off, and that was just like the backdrop to my day. And I just I'm gonna. I took a mental Snapchat, snap, snap uh, a mental photo, and uh, yeah. it was just a neat moment, you know. And yeah. uh, I really, I honestly will never forget that. Um, it's all about the little things, Ed. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. My the one regret, you know, I had to work down there. Is one regret is that I was my my nephew, my nine year old nephew. Mm-hmm. He's he's really into the Eagles, really into sports. You know, we have a we have a game where 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 I where I pick a conference, college football. Uh, one of the you know conferences. I said, all right, name all the teams in the Pac-12, and he, you know he runs down. You know, he just and and just like I was getting texts yesterday from my sister talking about, oh, Matt, he's he's dying. You know, Rudolph just scored a touchdown. Oh, he's doing it. so like like you say, you know, with the friends and the family and just kind of you know yeah. that that moments that yes, you know, that, sports yeah. create a nice backdrop to life. Yeah. They, they, they really do. Hey, Ed, thank you so much for joining us on The Mark. I can't wait to talk to you again soon and have you back on the show soon. Good enough, Mark. You know how to get me. All right, Ed. Have a great one, man. Later. All right. You too, buddy. I'm looking forward to getting that Super Bowl prediction from Ed, uh, Benny. I think, uh, you know, he just needs to give it a little more time, and he'll, he'll come up with something. Yeah, you know, a guy like that, a local media guy, you can't go on record too early. Especially, you know, if there's a chance he's leaning Patriots way, you certainly can't release that early. But, you know, he does want to keep the suspense, and I totally understand. That's why we're going to bring him back for part two of this Super Bowl episode. Yeah, and you know what? The thing is, he's got a nice heartbeat of the city and this team in that locker room. Yep. So, you know, in, in my eyes, and, and I'm sure many of our listeners' eyes, his uh, prediction arrow, that, that holds some weight more so than some of these national pundits that just kind of spitball and see what sticks or are essentially taking copycat predictions over guys they respect. Absolutely. And at the same time, like he said, he's not in bed with these teams. It's not just going to pick the Eagles just because he covers the Eagles. He's going to give his real opinion, his real pick. And, you know, we'd expect nothing less. Exactly. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, Certainly looking forward to having him back on the show. Absolutely. From a local legend now to a Super Bowl legend, Raiders hero, two-time Super Bowl champion, Rose Bowl champion, Rod Martin is now on the mark. Gang, real quick, if you don't know about Rod, three interceptions in the Super Bowl against the Eagles in 1980, leading to a Raiders route. Rod had... 12 fantastic years with the Raiders, played in two Super Bowls, holds the all-time record for interceptions in the Super Bowl. So here is our interview with the great Rod Martin. Yo, Rod, it's Mark. How you doing, man? What's up, Mark? How you doing, brother? I'm excited to talk to you again. <laughs> right on, right on. Same here, man. You know, we had a, sure. we had a great conversation. That last conversation we had about a week ago gave me chills, man. There, there's not that many people I get to talk closely about Raider football with, so that, w- that was special to me. I really enjoyed that. Oh, thanks, man. I enjoyed it, too. You know. I, 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 the Eagles are flying. <laughs> the Eagles are flying to the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Uh, you know, and a, and a lot of our listeners here in Philly, 
you know, we have uh, some younger listeners so that they may not know that you're the Eagle Slayer. You're, you're, you're the Ron Jaworski Slayer. Ron Jaworski remembers your name, Ron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were his leading receiver that day. <laughs> yeah, his third leading receiver, <laughs> So listen, for, for, our, for our listeners who don't know, Rod Martin picked off Ron Jaworski three times in the Super Bowl, leading to a major Raiders route. And he is the record holder to this day, right, Rod? Yes, I am. And that will, that will not be broken. Mark, I never thought it would last this long, man. Really? Uh, you know, back in the, we had a couple guys to get two of them in the, two interceptions in two separate games, and uh, you know, I, I was watching them intently. Uh huh. <laughs> sure. They go, somebody gonna get that third one, you know, to tie me, but. No, it hasn't happened yet, man. And, now, now, and to beat, and to beat me, Mark, they got to get four. Uh huh. That's right. And they don't have the the big hands that you got. And, uh, and, this, you know what I mean? Yes, this is true, bro. You know, you uh, you were a student of the game, and uh, being a Raider was like a, a lifelong dream come true when you when you were drafted at USC, right, Rod? Yes, it was, Mark. I mean, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles where the uh, Rams were here at that time as well. And um, I didn't, I didn't particularly like the lambs at the time. <laughs> the oh, they, they were bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I fell in love with the Oakland Raiders, man. Yeah. And never had a dream, a thought of that I was gonna make it to the pros and then to play for my favorite team. It was a blessing, man. A dream come true. And uh, when you uh, when you got to the team, I mean. There was just a cast of characters that you knew all about from following the team. Am I right? Oh, of course, Mark. Uh, you know, actually, <clears throat> when they played the Super Bowl uh, eleven against the Minnesota Vikings in Pasadena uh-huh. in the Rose Bowl, we had just played in the Rose Bowl uh, against Michigan and okay. beat them. And that's so, a classic Rose Bowl matchup right there. Yes, it was. It was sure. <laughs> sure. And uh, then to find out uh, a few months later, a couple months later, that I had been drafted by the Oakland Raiders. It was yep. awesome. Yep. And awesome. Now, these guys that get drafted today, Rod, do you think they're students of the game like you guys were? No. Uh, yeah, and not, I, I don't either. Not at, not at all, Mark. You know, uh, I think the league has something to do with it, you know, about – uh, cutting the practices lower, you know, down as far as you know, uh, training camp. You got to train to be the best. Yeah. And if you only have a, a couple of weeks to train, for we had, we were in training camp for six weeks. We probably, we probably went on went in hitting and 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 going through the whole drills for about four and a half weeks mm-hmm. of training camp. And I think it made us stronger as uh, the team developed and became uh, more of a nucleus of, of a great teams, yep. you know, the great teams that we had. So I think if they get back to, you know, you, and plus the injuries were not as, as many as they were uh, back then, like they are now, even oh, though we every day, twice a day, two and a half to three hours, twice a day, you know, so um, it, it helped your body to become strong and get used to the pounding and, you know, and all the the hard knocks that you're going to get throughout the season, right, you know? Right, right. So um, I think it, they thought by doing it 
in training camp was going to help the longevity of an individual. But no, you right. got still got to play the game. Yeah, it's been yeah. counterproductive. Right, and it you, really has. You know, something I always notice when I look back, you know, even watching old clips of you and whatnot, you guys wore your pads. You guys had the hip pads, the thigh pads. Oh, you know, these guys got no pads on, man. They're like dancers yeah. out there. So, of course, they're That's getting right. hurt all the time. You know, we've always known that was a violent, it was a violent game. Sure. And the kids nowadays must think it's not a violent game. Right. <laughs> they should see how everybody's getting hurt. It is a violent game. You better have your protection out there, you know. That's right. You, when you go to war, you got to suit up. <laughs> you got to bring. Exactly. And, and, and it just boggles my mind how these players, man, it's like, it's like they're out there surfing or something. I don't know what, what they're preparing to do. They got right. no pad. They're like Olympic sprinters, man. Act like they're in the fashion show or something. Yes, yes. That's what, it's like a beauty contest out there. Right. <laughs> I mean, like I said, when we talked prior, you guys were the greatest generation, man. I, I, I would do anything to get in a time machine and just go through those competitive NFL seasons of the 70s and 80s. I mean, man, that, I, that, I wish that could happen, Mark, and I wish you could be in our training camp, man. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. You have what? no idea. You couldn't put a price on something like that. For sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, it, it, even like when you were telling me the story about, you know, Tatum paralyzing Stingley, and you reminded me that that was a preseason game. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and you had mentioned to me that the Patriots were talking some junk heading into a preseason game, which took Absolutely. me by surprise. Absolutely. I they, mean, they, why would they want to poke the bear, number one? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, bulletin board information that got out to get back to us. Yeah, so somebody, you know, somebody must have, must have uh, you know, let everybody else in Oakland know about it that was in the locker room to hear about it. Sure. You know? Because, Rod, so, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to let it out. Right. Exactly. You know, You're right. And that, just, sure. that, that, that story shocked the heck out of me. Uh, but, you know, the Patriots today, it seems like they're in the Super Bowl every friggin' year now. And uh, yeah. they're somehow back again. Did you see Belichick when they handed him the trophy yesterday? How he kind of yeah. handed it right back to him? He said, I'm right. not interested in that. I'm interested in, in the Lombardi trophy. Exactly. And, you know, right. man, don't you love that demeanor? Don't you love setting the bar that of high? Course. I love the demeanor he, he has, man. Uh, would, would you have loved to play for a guy like him? Uh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, you know, I had some great coaches, too. You of, know, of course. I mean, you know, uh, John Madden, you know, mm -hmm. he was awesome, you know, and, and, and Tom Flores was great. Sure, who you should know. be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the only coach that had those multiple wins and is not in the Super Bowl, in the Hall know. of Fame. It, it, you know? It's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, it really is. You know, and so uh, Belichick definitely could have been, uh, you know, a Raider coach. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> you know, I, oh, heck I'm surprised yeah. that Al Davis didn't go after him earlier on, you know. Well, uh, you, you know, when they hired Gruden the first time, it was between him and Belichick. And uh, Amy Trask told Al. Oh, yeah. He said, she said, uh, I, I would go with Bell, uh, with Bill. And uh, Al said uh, he wanted to go with John. He wanted to go with the offensive mind. Yeah, he, he sure did. And, and he look, did. he had two gems, you know, two gems. You know, there was no right or wrong decision there, frankly. Um, True. You know, and you know how excited we are to have Gruden back with the Raiders because now we know oh. we're back. 
Yes, exactly. You know, and you know, and that that tough rule has been all on Gruden's mind all these years. Yes, it you has. Know. Yes, it has. It's oh, been it would be stewing so, in him. It would be so great and, and rewarding if, if the Raiders play them next year in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, you know? and, and take them down. That would be take that would be down. special. Uh, that would be. Now the Raiders yeah. of your day were notorious partiers. Before that Super Bowl in '80 in New Orleans, were you guys out on Bourbon Street? Were you with the crew, or did, were you, did you stay in? What you what was your no. approach that weekend, Rod? I was with the crew. <laughs> we went out, man. You know, Tom Flores came. He told us once we got down there, you know, and he said, you know, we're here to, to take care of business, but we're gonna have a good time. He oh, said, wow. I'm going to let you guys go and have a good time. He says, but you, you know, your number one thing is to come out and, and, and practice great and then play great. And we had the best practices that time the whole year long. Oh, while we And yeah, we, uh, we really didn't have a curfew until like two <laughs> nights before the game. So, <laughs> so were you guys out all week, basically? Uh, Absolutely. Every, you had to see this town. How were the girl, how were the girls looking down there? Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I man. mean, that is some oh. of the most legendary stuff. And then not yeah. only to go out and win the game, but dominate the game against the team that beat you in the regular season. Yes, it was a big payback. Yes, for it sure. was. Yes, it yeah. was. Was and there, you know what? Go ahead. You know another thing also that uh, would really part of my motivation because Dick Vermeer was the head coach uh, at the time for the Eagles, of UCLA course. UCLA connection here? Yes, UCLA connection, man. Uh, I was going to go to UCLA when I was being recruited by USC and UCLA and other other colleges. And I had, uh, broke it down to the West Coast. So UCLA and SC was my one and two. And so I was going to go to UCLA because I was a basketball player growing up. Mm -hmm. I loved basketball and I wanted to play pro basketball when I got older, but it didn't happen. Pro football came, which I was happy about. Sure. So, so uh, McKay uh, decided to come to my house and tell me, he says, son, if you were a great basketball player, I tell you right now, go to UCLA. He said, but you're a great football player. You need come need to come where the best players are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I looked at my mom and I said, Mom, I'm going to USC. Yep. She said, okay, baby, go ahead. Yep. And then next thing so, you know, Rose Bowl and, champion. Yeah, and, and Dick Vermeil was the coach, you know, and he came by my house and, uh, you know, tried to convince me to, to come to UCLA. And I, I told him thanks for everything he's done for me. But my mind is made up. I'm going to USC. Vermeil. Yeah. Now, was it more of a UCLA USC thing, or was it more of a Vermeil McKay thing? Well, no. At that time, uh, Vermeil was not the Dick Vermeil we know today. Sure, his, he was. He was a young guy making his bones, he, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He was a young guy, and McKay was going on. His, he was on his way out. He was becoming the t uh, the head coach at Tampa. Oh, you know. Okay, so, so it was a, yeah, it was around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so eventually, you know, uh, McKay did his thing and John Robinson came back to USC our senior year as the head coach at USC. So, yeah, it's uh, it was a uh, it was a good trying time back in those days, man. We had a lot of fun and, uh, uh, you know, it was great. I mean, of SC course. was where, I, where, where, you know, I, I 
came and got a national championship. In that time, UCLA didn't get a national championship, so right. I made the right decision, man, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, of course. And, you know, then being drafted by the Oakland Raiders. Yep, and you played with the Raiders for the entirety of your career. Nobody else, right? Twelve years, man. Yep. Twelve years, Mark. Yeah, but I'd... you know, I got drafted when I got drafted, Mark. It was a strange how I got drafted. Uh, you know, at the time, the previous year, they had 17 draft rounds, you know, uh-huh. and then they broke it down to 12, 12 rounds of draft. So, I, you know, they considered me too small to play linebacker in the NFL, but I had a great time, a great career at USC. And so I got to, they got down to the, uh, to the 12th round and John Madden had this brain thrust. He went and asked John Robinson, says, uh, who could play in the NFL that hasn't been drafted yet? And Robinson said, uh, let me look around and then I'll call you back. Mm-hmm. Robbie looked around and saw that I hadn't got drafted. And he told Madden, draft Rod Martin. He yeah. could play. Yeah. That's how, that's how I got drafted. 12A. Yeah. <laughs> I was 12A. Rolf Bernerski was 12B with the Raiders. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and and what a, what a career, and you shine the brightest on the biggest stage, uh, in the most dramatic possible moment, uh, moments rather, and uh, man, you you etched your name into Raider history for eternity, and it's it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh man, it, it was great. It was great. You know, I was motivated by the 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 talent that we had when we we were drafted, man. You know, coming in and the Raiders had just won the Super Bowl. And then, you know, my mentor, Jack Tatum, mm-hmm. my mentor, Ted Hendricks, you know, sure. uh, uh, Otis Sistrunk, yeah. uh, you know, uh, oh, shoot, man, uh, Atkinson, George Atkinson, sure. Sure. Dr. Death, Skip Thomas. Guess what, you know, Guess I, what Rod? Yeah. When, I got, when I got off the plane in Vegas last week, I ran uh-huh. into uh, George Atkinson's son. Who's, oh, uh, is that Junior? Huh? Yeah, okay. and he was—I think he's with the Chiefs right now on their practice squad. So I said to him, "I said, George, man, how's it feel to be with the enemy now?" And he—we start laughing. I was only teasing him, and we start laughing. Yeah. He said, "Hey, man, as long as they're paying me." <laughs> we were cracking up. Super yeah, nice guy, yeah. man. Super nice right. guy. And yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I—I I was always pulling for him uh, with the Raiders because he's a Notre Dame guy, and I—I I followed his career at Notre Dame because of his father really and right, uh exactly. you know uh just that, that that's a another legendary raider in george atkinson for sure he Absolutely. uh yeah. now were him and jack tatum like like good friends because playing back there together you know where were they oh, absolutely. okay all right i mean we all were good friends man once once you know you get there you you prove yourself to the to the the, the veteran guys right. you know they take you under the wing, man. Right. Yeah, you guys that, were like a family. Yeah, like a family, big time family, man. And you uh, know, uh, Tate, Jack, and I used to, uh, in between our breaks, uh, practicing. Once we got in good shape, Jack and I used to take rides up and down the coast. We were up in uh, Santa Rosa at the time. We go to Bodega Bay and hang out and just talk. I'm just, you know, like a sponge, getting right. everything he's right. talking to me, man. Would you, you know, would you say he played the game more angrily than anybody you ever played with? Uh, angry? Uh, yeah, I mean, when nah, I watch the man, highlight I, reels, man, it's something. I don't, 
I wouldn't say it was angry. It it was determination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, desire to be the best. Yeah. And Jack did it better than I mean, you had some guys coming after him that hit like that. Ronnie Lott's one of them, sure. you know. Sure. And so um, I know it's a couple more. I can't think of who all they are right now, but they all came because of the way Jack played the game. Sure. You know? In today's so, NFL, is he an outside linebacker? Because, I mean, he kind of was, no. he was like a tweener kind of guy at Ohio State, right? The Buckeye uh, well, defense? Yeah, but when he got to the pros, he, he was definitely, you know, a safety. You yeah, know, he could, play for strong. Sure. he could play strong or he could have played weak. But, you know, he had that, had that size that he could, you know, just come in and hit so perfectly, man, yeah. you know, and make a, a great hit on anybody. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, Russ Francis, he, he, he had some battles with those guys back in the day. And, and Jack didn't, he, he didn't back down, you now, know. And now, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question here. Who did you get more fired up to go against, the Chiefs or the Broncos? Oh, Oh, it had to be the Broncos. For, oh, <laughs> it be, okay. It had to be the Broncos. You know why? I mean, it because I mean, when I first went up there, and I knew about you know how you how they act during the winter time, you know, uh-huh. and they would get, you know, they'd be so close to the field. I mean, it's like a barbed wire fence was just dividing us with the stands, you know. Right. It's, it's like an old school man. Yeah. And they would. They would have great have the snowballs. They put rocks in it. They put, you know, batteries in them, and wow. they throw it. At us. They throw it at us on the sideline. So you know the media. The media doesn't tell those stories. We were just talking yeah. earlier on the show, man. How Philadelphia fans they get a bad rep, and look, mm-hmm. there there are some that are a nuisance. But overall, right. they're they're not as bad as the national media makes it out to be. Um, right, and uh, that's a kind of a one of many gripes I have with the the way the media packages, you know, s- the sports product to us these days, especially football. You know, right. uh, you know, like even like that Monday Night Crew with Cosell and whatnot. That was an epic right. crew, and the way they presented a game made it feel so special. And uh, you know, even like seeing Chris Berman and Tom Jackson back on ESPN the other night doing highlights as like right. a uh, anniversary kind of thing. It was special hearing them do it. I know Tom was a Bronco. You played against them. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, and he was a heck of a player. And, yeah, uh, and uh, But hearing them, you know, they, they're great tandem. We need more guys in the media that know how to package this football product to the fans, man. Because fo- fo- football's a gift, man. It's, a, it's, a, it's great theater. And, and you know, like, like any gift – you like to see some nice wrapping paper on it. You nice, like to see a nice bow on it. The corner's done tight. And when it's like that, it makes the gift even better. That's right. You know, That's right. And, and they got to go back and they got to watch like the old YouTube videos or something and learn how to announce. I mean, and and commentate and analyze. It's weak, isn't it? Isn't it, Rod? Yeah. I, I find it very weak. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and I mean, not taking anything away from a, a person that didn't play the game. But right. if a person played the game and he's commentating on it, you're going to be more intent and listen on what he's got to say. Absolutely. You know? Well, and, I, I, you know, and even if the guys didn't play, if they are a student of the game, of the history, yes. they're a student of the history of the game and they know what they're talking about, they still could be, you know, motivating and, and successful per, a person where everybody can understand what they're talking about. Correct. And I, 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 I just totally agree with you there. 
yeah. Monday Night Football. The Raiders ruled Monday Night Football for years and years. How did that yes. come about? How did that, you know, how did that snowball effect happen? Well, you know, it's like when you're playing in the NFL and you're going to have a show where everybody in the nation is going to be watching, even your peers, guys you played against, you know, the teams you played against, they're going to see, you know, see who's going to beat the Raiders this weekend. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so we get motivated for that. We know that it's going to be a big crowd. It was a big crowd out there, you know, and, you know, on television more so than in the stands, sure. you know, because nationally, nation, yep. nationwide. So we want to go out there and didn't want to be embarrassing to our family and our people, you know, and so fans. So we want to go out there and play the best we, we knew how to play, you know, yeah. And, and we went out there, man, every every Monday night, man, we laid it out. We laid it out. We didn't put, hold nothing back. We made sure that we were ready to play because it's almost like, you know, getting ready for the playoffs. Right. It's a night game, you know. It's going to be it's going to be exciting. It's going to be, you know, uh, very, very physical, yeah. you know, and it's going to uh, it's going to be a fun game. So. You know, that was a motivating factor because everybody's going to be watching us and seeing what we're going to do. Basically, you, know? you guys were super talented and super focused and motivated, and it just, uh, all the rest was history, so to speak. Right, exactly. Now, now Rob, being in it. Hey, in, one, one more thing, Mark. I shoot. scored my first touchdown on Monday night. Oh, well, see? The biggest <laughs> stage, you always shine the brightest on those big Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah. Monday night football. I mean, Robert, for a portion of your career, they weren't even recording sacks. And I saw a year where uh, you had, yeah. what, 11 sacks? That's a lot of sacks for a linebacker. Yeah. In a yeah. league where they didn't pass as much. It was a lot of run, more running. Yep, you're right, man. Eleven sacks, sure did. That's 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 tremendous, man. Now being out in L.A., I gotta ask you: Did you ever try to dabble in acting or anything like that out there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, were you in any movies or TV shows? I did did commercials. I was on Married with Children. I was on. uh, Oh man, Married with Children is a classic. That is one of my favorites. Yeah, I was on there with uh, with. Let me see who uh, Jack Saw, Hacksaw Reynolds was one of them that was on there with us. Snake was there with us. Um, whew, I can't remember who all who all was on it, but it, it was a fun outing, man. It was fun. Somebody told me that Al Bundy, I forget his name in real life, played for oh, the yeah. New York Giants. <laughs> Is that true? Well, you know, or was in a mini camp or a training camp with them? I, uh, it's rumored. It's rumors. I don't know. He he never said anything to us on the, on the set, though. You know, because you know one of his favorite say, say, sayings is, uh, "I once scored five touchdowns in a high school game, or whatever." That was on the show. You know, that was what it. Yeah. Ever hear of Al Bundy? Poke high, all city, four touchdowns in one game. But yeah, then I heard those rumors, and I was like, "Well, he's a big guy." I mean. Yeah, you yeah. know, kind of funny though. That show is always hilarious. Ed, My grandfather loved that Ed show. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill. That, that's Ed his O'Neill, name. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a good guy, man. Was he, he was cool? Yeah. We, yeah, we had a good relationship. At the time, I had a, a restaurant in Manhattan Beach, a barbecue place. Okay. And he came out. He came out and. And we sit down and, and had meal together, you know, Cause, so it was good. Because, Rod, don't forget either, Ed O'Neill was in that movie, The Little Giants. He was the head coach. 
he's got, right. he, he's got a football thing going on. My, produ- right. my, my producer just pulled it up, actually. He was in training camp with the Steelers, and he got cut. Yeah. So oh, he never yeah. made it out of training camp with the Steelers. I guess that was a loaded Steelers team, I'm sure. And, of course. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, man, that's funny. We're going off on a little tangent there, but that was funny. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Rod, two last things for you. Is this move to Vegas going to be a success? I just saw the stadium site for the Raiders. I, I love the layout. I love what it, it's going to look like because they're right on top of that Vegas strip. Do you think this thing's going to be a success? I think it's going to be a huge success, man. Yeah. Huge. I'm looking forward to it, you know. Um the city of, of, of Las Vegas is, is looking forward to it as well, you know. Sure. Everybody thinking that, you know, the people that live in Vegas cannot, you know, uh, won't fill up the stadium. Well, Vegas, you know, they don't come into Vegas just to fill up stadiums it, or, right. you know, or lose their money at casinos. They right. come to have a good time. That's so right. So if you're come in and have a good show and seeing an NFL game play there, you, you're going to come and you're going to make your whole weekend – a great weekend for yourself. You Absolutely. know, they're not going to come just for the game. They're going to come for the festivities and, you know, the gambling, of course, you that's know. Right, the and partying, the good eating. Partying yeah. and everything like that, man, you know. And it's going to make Vegas grow even more of what they have grown to this point. Exactly, just to keep building up that city. Um, right. I was exactly. at a few sports bars out there. In fact, I was even in old Vegas. So these bars out there, they got all the waitresses in Raiders shirts, and they're hanging Raiders flags now outside of bars over there. I thought that blew my mind seeing that, and it you know, just made, <laughs> made me feel at home, man. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. It, it really is. Now, now, yeah. now Rod, uh, Eagles are back in the Super Bowl again. Do we have yes. a prediction for this Eagles Patriots Super Bowl in a couple weeks from uh, Minneapolis? Well, you know, um, I would love to see the Patriots lose. Yeah, I hear <laughs> you. Sure. I you hear know, you. I would love to see that, man. And whoever, who else could be put? Other team would be better to to beat them other than the Eagles. Yeah, because it's a little bit of it's a rematch. It's a rematch for sure, for sure. And so, you know, I think it's going to be – it's always a close game with New England. I don't care, you know, it's not going to be a blowout. Right. I think the defense, uh, Eagles defense is tough. I do too. And I like the way they play. And it's nice seeing Howie's son still carving out a heck of a career. Back-to-back years in the Super Bowl now. And didn't take no money. Didn't take no salary this year. I know that's tremendous. You know, and they is, they asked him about that, and he said, "You know, first off, don't overrate that. I don't make that much money compared to these <laughs> other guys." So he's like a humble, down to earth, funny guy, just like his father and his brother. Yeah, but you know what? Their last name is Long. Uh, that's right. And they got long money. Long man. money. Just... That's right. <laughs> that's right. But but that's but but a tremendous gesture, nonetheless. So uh, yeah, exactly. So, so, Mark, I really want to see the uh, the uh, Eagles win the game. All right. That's who I now, now you want. want to see them? Do you think they will win it? Uh, I, I really do. I think defensively, right. you know, I think defensively they could put a lot of uh, uh, pressure on on uh, Brady, man. Yeah. You know, the offensive line, uh, they're they're good, but they're not great. You know, right? The they can, they the can be had. Yeah, exactly. You know, they can be had, you know, and it showed 
you know, by the game yesterday. You know, uh-huh. I mean, they played great. He had to play great against them for 60 minutes, oh, not man. 30 minutes, yep, not 45 not, minutes. Yep, yep. 60 minutes, man. Not 50 minutes, yep. So, and, you know, and and that's uh, what they got to do, man. They got to keep playing hard like that, and and, uh, and I, I think they will. Okay, I think cool. They're they hungry. They've been there. This is the closest they've been there since they played against us. So, right. you know, they just need to, you know, they just need they to got do a great they got a good shot. And I know? guess what? People here in Philly are, uh, you know, uh, they're confident. They feel like this is a team of destiny a little bit. A lot of a lot of chemistry with this team. And, uh, you know, the Patriots are due to drop one. I mean, let's yeah. call it what it is. How many teams win back to back? You know, it's, it's not common. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's what you're right. <laughs> as, as a Raider fan, as I know. Yeah. But, you know, uh, John, I got full faith that John's going to bring us back, as I always like to say. Um, Rod, yes. total pleasure, man. You are the best. I'd love All to get right, you back on man. the show sometime. For sure. Did, did you ever consider going and playing in that uh, USFL at any point? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. Did you actually yeah. play in it, or you were just it was an nope. option? No, I didn't. I wouldn't let let it happen. <laughs> you know, so I is was there, happy about that. <laughs> is there any? Uh, unique Al Davis story you want to share, Rod? <laughs> well, um, I like to do it to you in person. I like to tell you about it in person. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys had it going on, Rod. If I could trade my life with your life, I, I would do it, man. I'm so jealous you got to experience that. Yeah, it was awesome, man. You know, but hey, it, it's not like you didn't earn it. You know, you, you, you performed, right. you worked your damn tail off, you know, sure so... Did. You know, that's, that's awesome stuff, man. And, uh, Rod, thank you so much for your time. I, I can't wait to talk to you again. And, Thanks, uh, you know, man. we're Raiders. So when Raiders link yeah. up, we always, you know, we always have a good talk. Yeah, absolutely. Always. <laughs> that's right, always. Rod. My man. Sure. Hey, I know you're okay. a busy guy, so go do your thing, and I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you again. Okay, buddy. All, All right, right later. Right. Man, Benny, talking to a uh, two great guys like that. You know, a Philadelphia Daily News guy like Ed, who is a veteran in the Philly sports world, knows his shit, but uh, Ed's more than sports. You know, he likes to talk food, he likes to talk traveling, music, and uh, that's kind of how we see ourselves. You know, this isn't a sports show, gang, but uh, this is Super Bowl week, and it's a very big deal that the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. We are a Philly-based show. We got to, you know, bring that to the forefront. And then just having that discussion with Rod, Benny, that, that gives me chills because he's part of the iconic Raiders lore and w- was just a major part of it. Yeah, it was wonderful having both those guys on. Ed was great. Gotta love his opinion on Philly sports scenes and, you know, the whole thing going on right now for these Eagles. And how could you not love a Raider legend like Rod uh, with some of those stories? Uh, uh, awesome awesome yeah, guy I know I know and, and folks I don't mean to tease you by bringing on an eagle killer when, uh, you know during eagle super bowl week but uh, it just is what it is those are my connections gang I, I, told, I tell you you know I'm a raider you know so my, I have my raiders connections you know Rod came through for us he is an ace he likes the eagles to win the game Benny I, I'm thinking 27-24 pats but that can change and uh, if it does change, I'll, I'll issue the new Prediction VR Instagram account at the underscore on the mark underscore show and on our Twitter. But, Benny, do you want to issue an early uh, 
friggin' uh, prediction here for the Super Bowl? Absolutely. It's a little early. Like you said, a lot can change. If you were to talk to me after the divisional rounds, I would have preached to you Minnesota was going to kill the Eagles. Mm -hmm. By the time it was halfway through the week, I was hard on these birds, like I had said mm -hmm. earlier. So a you lot had can a change. Bird. Yeah, a lot can change in one week. However, early on, I'm going to go 34-24 Patriots. Yeah, okay, sure. So we're both on the Pats as of now. A lot can change. Uh, you know how these Super Bowl weeks unfold. These two weeks seem like an eternity. News Absolutely. always seems to break. Sometimes injuries pop up that were being kept hush-hush. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, certainly looking forward to it. You know, it's funny, Benny. A few of our VIP listeners reached out to me. I said, man, between the Instagram, the Twitter, and your podcast, you're like a mini bar stool. And uh, I took that as a compliment. As you should. You know, I totally took that as a compliment because, man, Barstool just puts out a ton of hilarious content, informative content, great interviews, the whole nine. And I, I admire those guys 100%. I know you do too, Ben. And, um, you know, they have a whole cast of characters. And, uh, you know, we definitely have a cast of characters too. But at the end of the day, Benny, it's just me and you contributing here and we're the, uh, you know, the, the Swiss Army knives. The, we're, we're the pocket knives. We do a lot of different acts to keep this thing afloat. And, uh, you know, we don't have the ar the Barstool Army that they have. Absolutely. We're like one of those guys that you see, like, down on Pashyanka or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, like, the uh, drum set and then the cymbal on the ground. Right, and then he's right. playing guitar in the left hand. And the <laughs> More like South piano Street, not on the right. But, yeah, yeah. Forever. Yeah, I hear you. Go, same concept. Yeah, You're dying, dying for a dollar fifty for yeah, any change. Exactly. And um, But, gang, let me tell you what the difference between me and the Barstool guys is. The Barstool guys, they stay hunkered down in their offices, their wherever out on the streets with their GoPros and their cell phones. Man, I'm in the finest nightclubs in America. I'm in the finest restaurants in America. Benny, you were calling me a globetrotter earlier. You are. I, I don't know if I go that far, but I'm, I'm a Vegas back-and-forth guy. I like to go to Vegas like some people like to go to AC, Benny. You know, those barstool guys, they're drinking their Bud Lights, their Natty Lights. You know, I'm drinking martinis and slapping Instagram models on the ass. You know what I mean? Met uh, French Montana at Beauty in Essex. Said he's going to put me on the next album, Benny. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> Phenomenal, Mark. <laughs> That'd be a perfect promo for On the Mark. Now, I'll tell you what. Those guys at Barstool have a throne made of Bud Light, and that's good yep. for them. Yep. But they... we've got thrones of yep. Yingling Lager. Yeah, yeah. America's oldest brewery. Yeah, they really hooked us up over here. Yeah, they did. And it was cool to have a, a, a beer uh, company sponsor the Super Bowl Grandioso episode. It's very fitting. Well, they're great people out there, and that's why they have America's oldest brewery. And... Uh, you know, it kind of made me feel like Benicio Del Toro. You know how Benicio does the Modelo commercials? Yes. I'm doing Yingling commercials now. Perfect. I, me and Benicio got the same hair. I was going to say that. You know? Striking resemblance. And he inspired, that That was my the inspiration. That was I the thought, inspiration. I thought you just didn't want to pay for a haircut. Here's a uh, real quick bit. Another thing we like to do on this show, the On The Mark movie recommendation. This movie's been out for a while, and the sequel is coming out soon. But if you haven't seen it, Sicario, starring Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin. Man, is that a good one. It uh, it goes into that cartel stuff, but the way they did it is very unique. It's just not like a generic cartel type of flick. Some good action, good storyline, and I can't wait to see Sicario too. But gang, if you haven't seen it, check out Sicario. It's either on demand or Netflix. 
very accessible at this point. It's been out for a while. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed episode 26 of On The Mark, the Super Bowl Grandioso edition. Uh, We had a lot of fun. Loved having those two primetime guests on. We're feeling good here at Skyfall Studios. We're eagerly awaiting the game. I hope all you guys enjoy your Super Bowl parties. I'm sure many of you are actually going to the game. Don't be shy to send some footage our way. Send some uh, content our way that we'll be sure to post. Uh, Some of these tailgate videos, Benny, are priceless. Yeah, they do it right down here in Philly. I'll tell you what, those tailgates are phenomenal. I'm upset that I couldn't make it out to this Super Bowl, yeah, yeah, sure. I know, I know. I kind of it was in the back of my mind to go too. I just fear that polar vortex, man. Yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> I'm worried about you might get lost in the woods. Yeah, uh, I, I can't imagine there's good cell reception out there. Yeah, Lake Minnetonka reminds me of the movie Fargo. Yes, you know I'm not having that. No wood chippers for this Super Bowl. Someday. You don't know what happens out there in Minnesota, way. Yeah, that's right. And uh, making a murderer even out that way. Yeah, so again, you don't trust the cops out no. there. So, folks, uh, anybody who's looking to put out a nice Super Bowl spread here in South Philly and invite me over to their beautiful home where I can eat their food and drink their booze and talk jive, let me know. <laughs> and, uh, gang, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. The only time you're ever going to hear me say this is before a Super Bowl that the Raiders aren't in. So uh, go Eagles, guys. Good luck, Bird Gang. Oh, <laughs> oh,